Hello and welcome to Music of the River City. This is your host, Chris Gooden. I always say this show is about the music and musicians of Vicksburg, Mississippi. But it's also about the many people in this town who are working hard to make Vicksburg a great community for musicians with a thriving local music scene. That includes people like Dr. Dan Edney, owner and operator of Mighty River Records, who I talked to back in season one. His shop gives the people of Vicksburg something we didn't have for a long time, a cool place to hang out and shop for new and old music. And it includes people like Nate Hoban, who I interviewed for season four last spring. He's working to foster a community of local musicians online and is organizing great live music events at the BB Club. I recently talked to another one of these individuals who is working hard to support the live music scene here in Vicksburg, Ashley Dawson. Ashley books live music at one of Vicksburg's best music venues, The Roof at 1311. Ashley has been organizing open mic nights, jam sessions, and singer-songwriter nights on Thursdays that provide a great atmosphere for local musicians to get together, listen to each other's stuff, do some jamming, and just have a good time listening to and playing music. Ashley is an enthusiastic music fan who goes the extra mile to encourage her musicians and provide a fun, family-friendly environment for the people of Vicksburg to enjoy live music. I've been to several jam sessions and songwriter nights on the roof and have always had a great time and gotten to see and hear and meet some great musicians. And my band, The Goodens, will be playing at the roof on this Thursday, February 2nd from 6 to 9 p.m. So if you haven't been to the venue yet, this Thursday would be a great time to come check it out. We'll be doing our usual blend of jazzy, bluesy country rock, and we'd love to see you there. My interview with Ashley Dawson is coming up but first, music I love, and I think you'll love too. It can be tough to explain to someone under the age of, say, 20, the idea that we used to have to be at home in front of our TV at a certain day and a certain time every week just to watch our favorite TV show. And if you missed it, you just didn't get to see that episode. Maybe not for months or even years. Unless, of course, you taped it by programming your VCR, but who could ever figure that out? But there was a funny side effect of being tied to the TV at certain times. It kind of brought us together. If you watched an episode of, let's say, Friends on a Thursday night, there was a high probability that a whole lot of the people you knew were doing the exact same thing as you at the exact same time as you, and when you showed up to work or school the next day, you automatically had something to talk about and connect over. In the hindsight of the 2020s, the phenomenon seems so antiquated that people have assigned it its own word, monoculture. This idea that from the 1950s through the 1990s, a high percentage of Americans watched and listened to a lot of the same stuff at the same time. For example, when the Beatles went on Ed Sullivan on February 9, 1964, approximately 40% of all Americans were watching, a viewership that today would be equivalent to about 127 million people. For context, only 99 million people watched the Super Bowl last year. Some have interpreted monoculture negatively. Maybe it encouraged conformity and stifled creativity. Others have pointed to the benefits of shared experience. In some ways, the internet has permanently obliterated monoculture. We can now watch TV 
wherever we want, whenever we want. But in some other ways, American monoculture is stronger than ever. While in theory, access to virtually unlimited options for information and entertainment should diversify our experiences, in reality, it's gotten so hard to rise above the constant din of information that is the internet that when some song or video finally does become popular, everyone sees it. Now we call it going viral and we blame it on the algorithm. The process may be slightly more democratic now than it was when ABC, NBC, and CBS decided what we saw, but the end result is the same. Shared experiences for a large percentage of Americans. But in America, there has always been a built-in counterbalance to monoculture, geography. America is just big. Here's what I mean. Just about the longest car trip you can take in England is about 10 hours. But in America, you know, things are just bigger, farther apart. If you're a musician, you can only play regular gigs within a certain distance, not across the whole country. In music, the balance between American monoculture and regional geographic restrictions gives us a culture that serves the same dishes everywhere, but with their own flavoring in each region. For example, rap is popular all over the country, but each region can be identified by its unique sound, whether it's Memphis, Atlanta, Detroit, LA, or New York. Rap and hip hop are popular everywhere, but different everywhere. It's not just true with rap either. Take the blues. There's Delta blues, Chicago blues, Memphis blues, West Coast blues, East Coast blues, Texas blues. Texas is the perfect example of the dichotomy between American monoculture and regionalism. Musically, Texas does pretty much the same things that the rest of America does, just a little different. And that trend goes all the way back to arguably the very first style of wildly popular recorded American music, swing. In the early days of what would become the American recording industry, many of the first records were operas, classical music, and folk songs. But that was music for old people the hot new style that teenagers were listening to and dancing to in the 20s and 30s was jazz. And by far the most popular jazz style was swing, so much so that the terms swing and jazz were used almost interchangeably in the 20s and 30s. Folks in Texas got caught up in the swing craze too, but true to form, the Texas bands did things a little differently. They played the same backbeat-driven, swinging eighth-note rhythms as the guys in New York. But instead of using saxophones, trombones, and trumpets, they used the instruments they had and knew how to play so well. Guitars, fiddles, steel guitars. And instead of the Tin Pan Alley show tunes that the other guys were swinging to, they had their own swing standards that were more Texas style. Like Roly Poly, about a fat little boy that loves to eat potatoes. Or San Antonio Rose, or Take Me Back to Tulsa, that celebrated local geography. Sure enough, Texans love their swing, but they made it their own, a style that would become known as Western Swing. And while there were many big bands that played Western Swing, some with funny names like the Light Crust Doughboys, there is one name that looms larger than any other over Western Swing. Today on Music I Love, and I think you'll love too, I'll be talking about Bob Wills and his Texas Playboys and their song, Ida Red. All right, a lot of things have changed since 1938 when this song came out. So let's get a couple of preliminaries out of the way. First off, that band name, the Texas Playboys. 
The first thing you need to know is that the word playboy didn't always connote the lifestyle that's come to be associated with Hugh Hefner and his magazine. Towards the end of the 1800s, the term playboy was used to describe theater actors, literally playboys, boys who are in plays. In the early 20th century, the word grew to encompass performers of all kinds, but especially musicians. By the 1930s, the term had acquired a certain implication of rowdiness to it, but it wasn't really until after World War II that the word began to have its current connotation. So the name Texas Playboys wasn't meant to imply that the band were a group of womanizers, but rather a group of rowdy musicians. The second thing you need to know is that the Texas Playboys weren't just a random group of musicians backing up Bob Wills. It was a group of arguably the best musicians in the world at that time. Playing for the Texas Playboys in the 30s and 40s had the same significance as playing for Steely Dan had in the 70s. For a professional sideman, it was the ultimate sign of status and success on your instrument. Now let's talk about the song Ida Red. It was a traditional Western folk song that, although nominally about a woman named Ida Red, had lyrics that were adaptable, similar to many blues songs of that era. The song was recorded by many artists going all the way back to 1924. The goal of the song was often to see just how ridiculous you could make the lyrics. For example, in later versions of the song, Bob Wills often included the following lines. My old missus swore to me when she died, she'd set me free. She lived so long, her head got bald. She took a notion not to die at all. Well, you get the picture. The point of the song for Bob Wills really wasn't the lyrics. It was the framework it gave him to play his fiddle and gave his musicians a chance to show off their chops. While the original release of the song in 1938 mostly featured the twin fiddle sound that Bob Wills and his Texas Playboys helped popularize, later live versions would often feature extended solos by his band on piano, guitar, and steel guitar. And let's talk about those live shows. In the 30s and 40s, Bob Wills was one of the most popular live performers in the world, playing for huge crowds all over the country. So although the Western swing style that he helped popularize was a regional flavor of the earlier swing craze of the 20s, Bob Wills' immense popularity helped him export this regional style back out across the country. And that's where the story of Ida Red gets really interesting. In the early 1950s, a young black musician working in the St. Louis area realized he could book more gigs if he would learn a few country songs to play for white audiences. One of the most popular songs in his country set list was, of course, Ida Red. But then, this unknown musician from St. Louis discovered that his black audiences really liked the song too, especially when he laid down some bluesy guitar licks with it. So, when this aspiring musician got the opportunity to record his music in Chicago, he naturally brought out one of his most popular songs, Ida Red. Producer Leonard Chess immediately recognized the potential of his new sound blending country and blues. But he realized the song needed some less corny lyrics if it was going to appeal to the teenagers of the 1950s. Our musician from St. Louis quickly came up with some new lyrics from his own, quote, Memories of high school and trying to get girls to ride in my 1934 V8 Ford, end quote. He called his new song Maybelline. And with its release in 1955, Chuck Berry went from a relative unknown to one of the most famous musicians of all time. The song was one of the first records to be a hit on rhythm and blues, country and western, and pop charts at the same time. 
but this was unmistakably a rock and roll record, arguably the first, and an incredible example of how America's geography has shaped our music. As swing music went to Texas to become Western swing, Western swing went to St. Louis to become country blues, and country blues went to Chicago to become rock and roll. Oh, and that funky walking bass line you hear during the guitar solo on Maybelline? Well, that came from right here in Vicksburg, played by Vicksburg native Willie Dixon. That's why I love the song Ida Red and the song it became, Maybelline, and I think you'll love it too. Check it out. Welcome. I'm with Ashley Dawson, who is the talent interaction slash booking manager at The Roof at 1311. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Ashley, thank you for joining me on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Okay. So first off, for, for people who are listening and don't know, tell us about The Roof and what it is, what you guys do there. So The Roof at 1311 is on the roof of Key City Brewery and Eatery. Okay. It's um, a private event venue, but we use it for overflow on Thursday, Fridays, and Saturdays for the restaurant. And Thursdays, we have kind of taken it over as a hot spot for local musicians, mm -hmm. somewhere that they can all kind of hang out and do their thing. So okay. we're excited about it. So how did the idea of turning this into a, a music uh, venue kind of place come about? Well, luckily, there's a lot of us, and we all are very opinionated. And um, we decided that... You know, we're on the Blues Trail. It's somewhere, you know, Vicksburg should be on this. We should be a hot spot. Mm -hmm. And um, we wanted more live music. Friday and Saturdays aren't enough. There's mm -hmm. enough people to come listen. There's enough musicians to fulfill that need. Mm -hmm. We decided to add a night. And Thursdays kind of, we are kind of close to the Bible Belt. So Thursdays and Sundays, Thursdays won the night. So <laughs> Yeah, right, right. So they definitely appreciate keeping Wednesdays and Sundays open right. around here. And so, I, of course, I've been several times, and I'll say it's a great environment and uh, a lot of fun. And you have a couple of different like types of mm -hmm. events. Do you want to sort of talk about what the different nights, different you know, events that okay. you have going are? So um, we do have a singer-songwriter night where mm -hmm. we encourage um, those that are writing original music to mm -hmm. come participate. Mm -hmm. Just... There's really nowhere else in Vicksburg that has that. Mm -hmm. And so we do encourage the originality, and we, we want to be a stepping stone for them. We want them to be able to get their music out there for others to hear. Mm -hmm. We also, you know, that's the same night that not everybody has a full 15, 20 minutes worth of originals. Mm -hmm. So they can throw some covers in there just to kind of keep the, the crowd engaged. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it is a business also, so we've yeah. we got to be able to pay the bills. So. Mm -hmm. um, but Singer Songwriter Night is actually probably the one night that has surprised us the most mm -hmm. with um, participation. Yeah. Um, we have jam session nights, which aren't a true jam session, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's not where everybody can just jump in and play, although that's what our ultimate goal is. Mm -hmm. But we do allow people, whether it's a musical instrument or their voice, to be able to participate with a band whether it be Patrick Smith and his group or mm -hmm. our newly invented the rooftops <laughs> uh -huh. um, to to kind of jump in and, and play. And that's 
that's been a lot of fun because the, the crowd themselves get involved. Mm-hmm. You, people that don't know they can sing realize, hey, wait, I should try this. Yeah. So we've, we've had a lot of um, entertainment and participation with that. Yeah. Open mic kind of gets thrown in with both of those depending on how things are going. Right. And then we've also, from those nights, we have started booking mm-hmm. local talent to, to come get a paid gig. So mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of a win-win for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. The uh, the jam night is it's kind of like karaoke, but if you had a live band right backing you up instead of a machine, and so it's more interactive, and I think it's more fun, honestly. It is a lot of fun, and I think my favorite my favorite night so far from a jam session. It was started the week before on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a gentleman that had on a T-shirt that said something about "Don't mess with old men that play guitars" and. Mm-hmm. I went up to him and I was like, I'm sorry to bother you, sir. I said, but do you really play guitar or is that just a shirt? He's like, no, I really play. And I've actually been teaching myself how to play the ukulele. And I was like, guess what? Next Thursday, you can bring that ukulele and you can play it. And he did. And yeah. he was nervous and scared to death, well, but he did it. Yeah. And he had a good time. The crowd, there was no booing. There was so, no yeah. tomato throwing. It was, you know, everybody appreciated the fact that he was loving what he was doing mm-hmm. and they loved it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been really cool to kind of watch the things evolve and change and grow. Yeah, I agree. And I was there for that. That was, what, <laughs> uh, last month, like mm-hmm. five or six weeks ago. And uh, that was the first time I had come. And, and yeah, it's definitely not, for anybody that's thinking about doing it, it's not, you know, Showtime at Apollo. You're not right. going to get booed, at least the times that I've been. It's a very supportive group of people. And and that's the one thing. I mean, now, granted, we we do want there to be some talent mm-hmm. involved, but we don't <laughs> expect you to be a professional. Right. You know, we, that, that, we want to see you grow and, and change mm-hmm. with it and be able to adapt. And that's one thing that we've watched several, several singer-songwriter guys, for sure. We, there's one that... The first time he performed, he wore a hoodie and wore the hoodie over his head the whole time. And you're like, okay, he was kind of quiet. You couldn't really hear him now. He's like texting me, hey, when's the next one? Make sure you got my name down. And he is, I mean, he's enjoying it. And you, you know, you've seen him grow and gain confidence. And that's been huge. That's really cool. Um, So I want to ask about your role in the whole thing because... So, so first off, it's obvious that you have a lot of fun on Thursday nights and you enjoy music. Are you a musician? I mean, I, I do play the alto sax, and I grew up with a family that sang in church every week. Okay. And so, I mean, there's some music there. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not a performer. I see. So, um, but I do love music, and I tell people all the time, it's it's something that heals the broken. Mm-hmm. No matter what music you listen to, it, it touches people where other things can't. Yeah. So I definitely enjoy it. And I'm glad to be a part of something that's making a difference. And it has made a difference. I mean, mm-hmm. it's given families a place to go to hang out that's mm-hmm. that's safe and fun and mm-hmm. entertaining. It's given the younger kids that are always, not kids, I guess they're kids. <laughs> you know, the 20-somethings. That I, know, there's, there's, I know how you feel. There's nowhere for us to go. And I have kids in that age group. Yeah. So, it makes, you know, we have nowhere to go. Well, they can come here now. And they can mm-hmm. listen to live music. And it's it's... It's cool for them. Yeah. So seeing all of the different ages mm-hmm. and the different backgrounds of people has been, for me, I mean, it's, it's been a blessing to watch it happen mm-hmm. because it, we didn't have that. Vicksburg did not have it. Yeah. And now we have it. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, you know, to see these families, I'll get a text on Thursday, y'all got room for us? And I'm like, 
if not, we'll make it. Well, okay, yeah. we're coming. I'm bringing everybody. Mm-hmm. Great. You know, it's, it's so much fun to watch that happen and seeing the little kids dancing and then seeing, <laughs> you know, mom or dad get up there and sing and then, you know, they're so, they're proud. Yeah. You know, all of that. So I'm not a musician, but it probably affects me just as much as it does somebody yeah. that's actually doing it. Yeah. You appreciate it. I do. And, uh, and that's, that's a big part of it. And I agree with you. Um, I think that the, the, the vibe of the uh, venue is is family friendly, mm-hmm. and it's, so it's not a place that you would be necessarily be uncomfortable bringing, you know, a kid to enjoy the music and and yeah, I was I was loving uh, what last Thursday when the kids were getting up and dancing around. It was they do and <laughs> they dance great. and we have you know we have videos of them dancing and singing uh, and cutting up and it's it's. It's nice to be able to say, hey, on Thursday we can go do this and mm-hmm. it, it not be worried about your, what your kids are going to see or hear. Right. You know, we're able to kind of put those limitations on things. So yeah. it's good. So I'm interested to know how you got started in, um, in gathering up this group of musicians and it seems to be growing all the time. Uh, but, but sort of making those initial contacts to get people to start showing up to this thing. So um, we had a... A previous employee that that kind of was over the events and the music stuff mm-hmm. and she had kind of got some good found groundwork going and unfortunately she left the company and it was dropped in the laps of our office and I was like okay Thursdays are started now y'all have got to get it going uh-huh. and I sometimes can be a bit persistent mm-hmm. um, I tell people I'm that over exuberant cheerleader that doesn't stop <laughs> so you know, I, I've kind of taken it and run with it. I, You know, I send out the ma- mass text messages to make sure everybody knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. I'm doing all of the Facebook posts to, you know, reach that circle of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I send private messages. If, if I know somebody may or may not respond to a group message, they're not mm-hmm. going to look at Facebook. I'm going to send that private text early in the week and say, hey, don't forget, we'd love to have you. Mm-hmm. And after shows, I try to do, hey, thank you. We appreciate the fact that you took time out of your day. Yeah. So um, that's kind of how it happened. It just kind of got dropped, and we have we've picked that ball up, and we're running with it. Yeah. And we're we're not going to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to keep keep the boots on the ground and keep pushing forward. We we want this to last. We don't yeah. want this to to be a one and done kind of thing or a season and done. We we want to continue the growth of live music in Vicksburg. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, and I mean, that I, I found out about it just over Facebook one day. I saw uh, Jam Night with Patrick Smith mm-hmm. band, and I was like, well, that's that's kind of cool, and I could go to that. So, you right. know, it was just, it, yeah, I just, uh, just saw it over Facebook. So, do you have, um, is social media, has that been a part of your job up till now, or is this is it, that new? It was not okay. a part of this job until now. Um, but it's, you know, luckily you can schedule stuff, and I try to make sure that... Mm-hmm that I'm just a couple to three times a week posting stuff. And it, it does get a little overwhelming because we don't want to inundate everybody's feed with this is what we're doing mm-hmm. because we want to be able to say thank you. We want to be able to show our appreciation yeah. at the same time. So it's making sure we don't overwhelm and people don't quit looking, Yeah. but keeping enough mm-hmm. information out there that they're going, hey, right. this is going on. Or, hey, that's awesome. They said thank you. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's cool. And I know, you know, for me, like with the podcast, so of course mm-hmm. you promote it on social media. I, I turned 40 over the summer. I feel I, that. Yeah. 
And so, you know, I didn't, for, for people, you know, my age and older that didn't grow up with social media, and I didn't even really get into social, I came into just even for my age, I came into the, to it a little late and I, I, that's one thing that I've always like struggled with is, well, you know, I just posted something, uh, you know, 10 days ago about the podcast. Should I really post something again? And, and then, but of course, younger people, they're posting, you know, constantly. constantly. Well, <laughs> I can say for me personally, I got Facebook because my grandmother had Facebook <laughs> and I felt like I needed to have uh, Facebook since she yeah. had it. And I'm one of those that my family gets so aggravated because I'll make a post through the roof and mm-hmm. I'll... Y'all go like it, go mm-hmm. share it. Yeah. Because one thing that I I tell everybody is you have to use your circle. Because if you use your circle, mm-hmm. then there's people from those circles that aren't initiated from yours. So it just kind of grows from there. And yeah. um, the word gets out. And our Facebook has actually blown up over the last probably month and a half. We're, yeah. you know, we're reaching more and more people. We're getting more and more likes and shares. And that's how it grows. I mean, we've had people reach out to us now from... I mean, Pensacola that are wanting to come play at our venue because wow. they've, however it's happened, they have heard about the roof at 1311 yeah. and how much fun it is to, to perform there and they want to come. That's amazing. And um, it is, I mean, it's so great and it's, and it's so funny because then I'm like, okay, well, we would love to have you. Um, now, locally, we do encourage people to come participate in the jam sessions or the open mic or the singer-songwriter mm-hmm. nights before we book because... Mm-hmm. We're wanting that to grow. We're wanting yeah. it to be a place for musicians to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and granted, I get that everybody loves to get paid, and that's I do too. It's a wonderful <laughs> thing. Yeah. But we, we are trying to, you know, that's what we're really pushing. Is, yeah. You know, musicians need a place to play and hang out. Yeah. I agree. I, I appreciate that. And, and, you know, the things on Thursday night are fun because when you're, when you're doing a paid gig, you're not going to... So like at a jam session, I might take a chance and do something crazy because we're just here the having fun. The expectations are different. Right, right. Expectations are different. We're all just here to have fun and, right. and uh, it's a little different. So you're not feeling necessarily the weight to uh, make sure that you provide something to the to the audience and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So I think it's great, even if you are the type of person that expects to get paid for everything, mm-hmm. come and just have fun playing music well, we, sometimes. There's a bass guitar player that comes, he's come a few times mm-hmm. and and he jams out and he's like it's so much fun because I can come play for me yep. I'm not playing to be a part of someone else's group mm-hmm. I can come do what I'm feeling at the moment mm-hmm. so it's it's been a it's been a great experience yeah. um so like I said we are booking from our events on Thursdays we are you know making mm-hmm. making those connections there but the Facebook page itself has blown up and we've it's so great because I can like I'll send a picture. Somebody will be, start messaging me on a Thursday. So when can you know we want to come play? We want to come play, mm-hmm. and I'll take a picture of the crowd on a Thursday night. I'm like, mm-hmm. you're 45 minutes away. You can come play any Friday night you want to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what they don't realize is we may not book you or be able to book you anytime soon. But there are other people that are seeing these mm-hmm. going, hey, they were really good. Mm-hmm. Could they come play this event for us? Yeah, yeah of course. That's, that's how you get out there. Um, well, yeah, I think, so how did you get hooked up with, um, Patrick Smith and his band? Because they're amazing and we just enjoy listening to them so much. Um, and they're great at backing, backing other folks up when you come up there to play. They just do so great with that. They are wonderful. And, um, so Patrick and Tim, Mm -hmm. um, Tim Cantwell that owns the the actual building, Mm -hmm. he, they had been in conversation about, you know, what, what could we do? What, what role could the roof at 1311 play mm-hmm. in this rebirth of live music? Mm-hmm. 
And Patrick was like, look, I, I, I want it. You mm-hmm. know, I grew up with having every, almost every night of the week you could find somewhere in Vicksburg to go. Mm-hmm. I would love to have that bag. Mm-hmm. And so he's kind of, you know, he has stepped up and he has taken ownership. You know, we always talk about, oh, everything could be better. Everything could be better. Mm-hmm. Well, who's willing to do something about it? Yeah. And Patrick said, I, I'm, I'm willing. Yeah. So we've kind of, um, we've worked with him and he has done an amazing job and he has helped bring a crowd and it's, Unfortunately, you know, again, it's a business, so we, we look at numbers. Mm-hmm. And at first, you know, those nights with Patrick were always a lot better mm-hmm. than those other Thursday nights. But now, mm-hmm. consistently, Thursday nights are about the same, no matter which group's there, yeah. <laughs> which which type of musician, which background, because everybody's just excited to have somewhere to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can speak for at least one person in Vicksburg who uh, this last Thursday said, I wish we could do that every night of the week. <laughs> so, that is awesome. Yeah. So it, it is really cool um, experience. And yeah, definitely um, the, all the times that we've been, has been really neat. And we do we do plan to keep coming back and supporting it and, and telling people about it. And that, there's been several people that I've told about it have said, I'm going next time. Let me know the next time. And uh, so we'll, we'll keep trying to get the word out as well. So And we appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> word of mouth has been the, the biggest supporter and advertiser of this yeah so we've kind of talked about the 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 singer songwriter nights the jam nights um do you, is there anything sort of new or upcoming or events uh, in particular that you want to promote or talk about um right now um so i think mainly you know we will i think our ultimate goal is that we're going to have at least one jam session a month mm-hmm. potentially two especially now that we've you know created our own little house yeah, band yeah, yeah. um with at least one singer-songwriter night. And then the ultimate goal is to be able to book mm-hmm. and have an actual just performance one night a month. Okay. Um, and hopefully it come from those that have performed at yeah. other times. Like we had the Dry Water Band mm-hmm. that had never performed public- publicly mm-hmm. until a couple of them came and did a jam session. Mm-hmm. They won the little thing mm-hmm. of the night. Uh-huh. And so... We booked them and they came and it was it was huge. Mm-hmm. They they played at the biscuit company the other day and I was yeah. like, "You're welcome." You know, it's like you know, we're, but yeah. we're watching this happen. So that's the ultimate goal is to have you know, at least three nights a week of local musicians, not just local, but kind of homegrown musicians mm-hmm. coming and playing and, and doing their thing, and then one night a month of we appreciate that you're you're picking us to come play with, mm-hmm. and so that that's that's where we are. We have some. I know short term, you know, some great stuff coming up in the next few weeks. Long term, we're we're getting ready to sit down to plan out after February. So we're mm-hmm. kind of in that in between of how do we how do we keep momentum? Mm-hmm. What do we need to tweak to make it make it happen? Mm-hmm. Um, we do talk a lot with some other musicians and other people that have played a role in the rebirth of live music in Vicksburg. You mm-hmm. know, we, we're talking to the people that are doing the BB Club stuff yeah. and kind of keeping that. We know that it can't just be us to make it happen and yeah. last. So yeah. we're we're doing our part to kind of keep in, keep that open line of communication going and working together yeah. to make it better as a whole. Yeah, so. that's cool. I think it's great for the city and the people in the city. Let's talk real quick about the the physical space itself because I think that's one <laughs> of the uh, attractions is that it is a very attractive space to be in. Um, do you want to talk about how that so, came together? So the roof has actually been open, I think, since 2019. Okay. 
Um, unfortunately, COVID came in 2020, and <laughs> right. so there were no events. Yeah. There were, you couldn't do anything. So it mm. kind of just has laid dormant until recently. And mm-hmm. so one of the reasons the music started on Thursdays was to get the word out about the private event space. Yeah. Come see it and then think, oh, I could do a party here yes. and, you know, kind of bang for your buck here. So mm-hmm. um, that's how that started, really, was getting the word out. The space is phenomenal. You've got great views um, mm. across them. It's not the Mississippi River. Get across the canal. Yeah. But the sunsets are amazing. Mm-hmm. It is open air. One big huge misconception is that you will freeze at night. That is not true. Right. Um, even Thursday with our high winds <laughs> and ridiculously cold temperatures, nobody froze. Right. It. We can enclose it, and we're you know we're we're actually getting new curtains installed right now, and there right. are seven commercial grade heaters yeah. that will keep you nice and toasty. But the roof does open when mm. the weather's permitting. It. I mean, it's just a very fun and laid back atmosphere where you can see all the way around you. Mm-hmm. You're in the middle of downtown. Um, it's it's just it's a good place. Mm-hmm. The feeling is good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It's uh, so I like the fire pits outside. Right. That's really nice to be able to you know be listening. You can still hear even when the, you can still hear everything great when you go out there. So that's a nice little area. So if somebody wants to come, real quick, just kind of give the instructions for how you get up there. I mean, just so, just in case anybody is you know. It can be a little confusing. Right. Um, so you. You go to Key City, like you're going to go to Key City, and there is an elevator to the right of the door of the entrance of Key City Eatery and Brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, there should be a sign. If there's not, please find me, and I will make sure there is a sign um, that states what's going on on the roof so you know before you get up there. Mm-hmm. You press the elevator to the third floor. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have apartments, so if you get to the second floor, you can't go anywhere, but back on the elevator or up or down the stairs. So. Right. Hit that third third floor button and get to the third floor. You're going to exit off and do not be concerned if a door is shut. We, we lose people all the time for that. Um, walk on in there. Mm-hmm. Find somebody with a Key City shirt. Um, you'll usually see myself or Kimberly running around, and you can usually spot us pretty quickly as to mm-hmm. they belong here and they, they are doing something. Yeah. Um, and we'll find you a seat or find you a chair. Mm-hmm. You can also enjoy the Key City menu and eat upstairs. Mm-hmm. There, the full bar is upstairs as well. Kind of as a plug, on Thursday nights, whatever you drink from the tap is two dollars off on Thursdays only. So that's a benefit of being part of the Key City family. Mm-hmm. Is the roof at thirteen eleven? So yeah, yeah, that's cool. It uh, when you go up there the first time, you you, you almost feel like, well, am I in the right place? But then people you think tr- it's like a private party. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> even when the doors are shut, you yeah. know. Go on and crack it open, and it's just another clarification. When you first enter the balcony where the fire pits are, it is the first immediate right. People it does not, struggle with that door. They, right there. they don't realize the door's there. They want to keep walking toward the end, but mm-hmm. the glass doors yeah. are a door, so slide it open and come on in. Yeah, once once uh, the the person sitting right there at the door sees you, they'll get you. They'll yeah, get they you jump up, but sometimes <laughs> you know people are quick and they fly on by and start yeah. trying to find another way in, well. but we. We've talked about getting a sign made for that, but it's a bunch of glass. So it's, where do you put it? So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's really cool. And Ashley, this has been fun getting to learn a little more about this. So um, I should have I should have led with this, but um, normally when people come on the show, one of the questions I ask um, is just for our listeners to get to know you a little better. So, I, so how did you get to Vicksburg? 
make it your home and become part of our, our city? Um, so I have been here for almost 20 years now. Okay. I chose to stay here because my kids were grown. Okay. Or not grown, but grown to the point of you don't move. Yeah. So, you know, I've raised both of my girls here. They love it. And honestly, the music aspect is, as you said, I mean, I, I love it. Mm-hmm. My oldest daughter played softball at Cahoma Community okay. College in Clarksdale. So we went to Clarksdale all the time. And Clarksdale is way smaller than us, mm-hmm. but they have live music all the time. And mm-hmm. we would go up there just so I could hear music all the time. And I came back and I fussed and moaned and groaned and said, <laughs> I don't understand how they can do it and we can't. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we're doing our part. Yeah. If you want something different, if you want something better, are you willing to make a change and do that? And that's, that's what we're doing is we're trying to do our part. That's awesome. All right. Well, actually, this has been fun. I appreciate you joining me for the show. I had a good time. All right. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Music of the River City. I enjoyed getting to know Ashley a little better, and I encourage you to go down and see Ashley in whichever great musician or jam session she has booked. This Thursday, February 2nd, 2023, it will be me and my band, The Goodens, and we'd love to see you there. Music of the River City is on Instagram at Music of the River City, so please follow us to see pictures of our guests when I put out a new episode. You can listen to Music of the River City on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, CastBox, or just about anywhere else you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, please check out some of the older interviews and please tell a friend about this show. Thanks for listening to Music of the River City.